Hey, y'all, this is Ashley, also known as Bored Becky, and you're listening to Fired Up on the Blockchain with Travi. And I'm like, Travi, come on now. Like, you, you got this under control. Yo, what's up? It's G Love, and I'm fired up with Travi. This is Danielle Petty, co founder of the 90s Babes, and you're listening to Fired Up on the Blockchain with Travi. What's up, world? It's Spotty Wi-Fi, the king of the crypto punks, and you are now tuned in to Fired Up on the Blockchain with my guy, Travis. I'm Ray Isla, and I'm Fired Up on the Blockchain with Travis. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and DGens, for the thousands in attendance and the millions listening in podcast land. My name is Travi, and we are fired up on the blockchain. Hey, Travi, let's effing go. Woo! Welcome to Fired Up on the Blockchain with Travi. This is Travi, Travi.eth, Travi.nft, Travi.crypto. Man, we're getting ready for Art Basel. That's right. It was just a short time ago that we were over there in NFT London. Speaking on the stage and rubbing elbows with some of the people who we respect very much in this space. Artists, musicians, builders, founders, all kinds of people. And we're going to be doing that all over again. One big difference is this time the journey is actually in the pre-mint phase. And I'm going to be on the stage talking about the journey uh, in the NFTs for good category. I think that's really cool because, you know, that. Having a podcast and talking with people is one thing, but I, I think being highlighted on a stage, um, this time I won't be the moderator. I'll be I'll be a guest talking specifically about what we're building here. And uh, it's, it's really incredible to me to be able to have a platform to not just talk about something I'm working on, but do it in a way where you, you know, holders of the journey are in mind. So everything that I do, obviously, you know, it's uh, part of just having been a teacher is you're doing things with other people in mind. So uh, that's that's I think it lends itself well to being a creator or founder for an NFT brand. And also, having a platform to speak is not just for me to talk about what I'm doing, but it's always been about highlighting other people. That's really what the podcast here, Fired Up on the Blockchain with Travi, is about. And that's what we're going to continue to do through this in Twitter spaces. One really cool difference, and some people want to call it utility. I know, I know. Everybody hates terminology these days but it is sort of cool if you're a holder of the journey and you have a story to tell you have something that you're working on you know we you have a direct line to me and any platforms that, that I'm doing uh, anything from and that's what today's going to be about we're going to have Liv Charette and Adria DeLon and they're a really uh, powerful duo uh, a musician and manager doing music NFTs uh, there's not a lot of people, you know, doing this kind of thing. You sometimes see a musician and a producer, a musician and a DJ, sometimes a musician doing everything by themselves. But it's really great because not only are they holders of the journey, but they know that they have a direct line to anything that, that I'm working on. So what's going to be also really great about that, and speaking of utility, is that uh, I will be co-sponsoring a VIP event in Miami during Basel, and it's going to be partnered up with the 90s babes and the crypto tech women. And if you're a holder of the journey, you have access to that guest list, and that's going to be taking place on November 30th. And 
uh, VIP party, exclusive VIP party at a mansion in uh, Miami Beach. So that's just uh, one thing that we're doing for for Olders of the Journey. And there's a whole lot more out there. And, you know, part of my journey has, has been a lot of really interesting things. And, and while we're in the beginning stages of planning for NFT 365 Season 2, go back and check out any of those episodes that Fanzo you know, put together. They're evergreen, as we like to call them. They are... You know, giving you not not just what's going on in the market right now, but uh, some things that you can kind of keep in your back pocket for as we're going forward here and the markets continue to change. There's a lot of great stuff. This NFT 365 season one with Fanzo. And as many of you know, I will be one of his co-hosts for season two. He's got an array of co-hosts recording right now, actually. So I'm really excited about that. Really honored about that to be working with Fanzo. Fanzo is also not only a good friend, but an advisor on the journey along with some really other amazing advisors like Sally from Crypto Tech Women, Leslie from NFT365, Maddie Lieber, COO of Crypto Chicks, formerly Facebook, Google, Meta. We've got Katie Brinkley, who's uh, one of the greatest marketing minds in the United States. We've got a couple of my brethren from the OG Collective, Crypto Clarence and Brandon, and an educational advisor who's going to help me with a lot of plans, not just for the grant funds, but some things I cannot announce yet down in the future. And that's Dr. Ogan Koya. So we've got ourselves a great team. And I can't forget about the artist, Tyler Vaughn. Um, and here's a little alpha for you. Um, if you hold three of the journeys, you're going to get access to... Uh, your own NFT on a shirt for free. If you have two, you'll be entered in a raffle to win uh, an NFT on a shirt. Um, if you have one, you will be able to go in and get one with your NFT on it. And that's right from our partners at DGen Brand Clothing. They are our apparel partner, and we're very, very happy to be working with them. We are in the final stages of solidifying the art for our very limited uh, Air Force One sneaker with the Journey artwork on it. That is going to be incredibly exciting. I believe there's only going to be 50 of those. And many of you know I discovered NFT utility or getting access for holding an NFT. Thanks to my buddy Evan Mendoza and our partners for the podcast at Diamond Dogs. Evan Mendoza's brand, the Diamond Dogs, D-A-W-G-S, is minting at .03 and they allow access to baseball games and stadium tours and meet and greets have merchandise drops and a whole lot of other fun stuff at diamond dogs d-a-w-g-s diamond dogs nft.com and again that's 0.03 but i also want to give a shout out to if you know me travi.eth i also have a couple other domains that are travi.nft and travi.crypto and that's thanks to my friends at unstoppable domains and right there in the show notes you can click on that link and that's my friends and dgens and family link and you can read what unstoppable domains has and one thing that is cool is they it's not just one or two there's an array of different domain names that attach right to your nft wallet and if you go right through that friends and family link you could find one that suits you and also it will never have any renewal fees and so, you know, that team, uh, hopefully we'll have a chance to, to meet Sandy Carter and Liz Morrison down in Miami. I know they're having a couple of events and they're speaking and it's going to be really great for this, uh, you know, Web3 come to IRL. That's a lot of what we at The Journey stand for. And that's why we're supporting so many of our artists and musicians, because it's not just selling on the blockchain. You know, I, I understand what it's like for the kids that we're supporting with our grant fund to take their first steps and uh, show them what they can become. And that's what today's conversation with Liv Charette and Adria Delon is going to be about. So let's get into it. A big part of the journey and what we're trying to do is we want to really pave the way, right? I mean, that's our whole mission. The mission is that we can set these young people up with a grant fund 
that are currently living in a situation where their music and arts programs and STEM and theater are all being defunded. And I know that's not happening in every state, in every country, even every school district, but it's happening in enough places. And as someone who I worked with kids since I was 13, I taught for two decades and I saw what could happen when those kids lose that funding. So what we want to do is set them in the right direction, right? The first couple of steps on their journey. And what we really also want to do, you know, not just have a grant fund where we can make sure that their programs are being funded. What we also want to do is make sure we put our money where our mouth is. And that's why we have an artist support fund. And we've already been putting some money into supporting current NFT artists and musicians. So we can show these kids what can happen if they stay along the path and complete their journey. So we all have a journey. And today we're going to hear about Liv and Adria and what their journey has been like as they are you know, kind of a really cool combo here. It's an artist manager NFT team doing some really big things in this space. And I know that you've done some really amazing things in kind of what we like to call Web 2 music, but now you're transitioning to Web 3 music. So welcome, Liv, Adria, how are you? Hey, Travi. <laughs> What's up? Thank you for the, the awesome introduction and just so stoked to be here. And so you know, excited to be part of the journey and, you know, be able to, you know, share our story here today. Um, sorry to cut you off, Adria, but um, yeah, just thanks so much for having us. Yeah, I mean, I was jumping in to say exactly the same thing. Um, there are not a whole lot of things that I get excited about that I get to participate in because generally I'm doing, um, you know, job is not do a lot of, you know, phone calls and Zoom things like that. And, and Liv gets to do a lot of the fun things. So I, I spent a lot of my time watching her do all of this really cool stuff that makes my job really worth it. Um, but when we started doing Web3 stuff together, like this is the kind of stuff that makes me really excited to be able to talk about what we're doing as a team and to spotlight her as an artist, but also let people know, you know, that managers are out here doing it too. So not only are you a builder, not only are you doing some great things, but I'm going to be honest, you know, you you believed in you know our mission at the journey like you believed in what we're doing with our programs and our funds and you know you didn't know that i was going to give you a platform to come onto the podcast and i think that's one of the fun things just about being part of this and you know as a creator and i guess if you want to call me a founder at this point what i'm i'm enjoying the most along this process is being able to surprise and delight some people and you know i want to hear about your process but i do also want to give a shout out you know there are some people who not knowing anything that I was going to do, right? I put out like six AI art pieces like a month or a month and a half ago. And I just said, hey, you know, if you believe in me, pick up one of these six AI art pieces. And little did they know, those were actually founders passes to the entire journey, everything we're going to do over the course of, you know, the next few years. So they're going to get a free NFT in every single drop that we do. They're going to be involved with every single thing that we do just because they believed in, in me and in my team early. Um, big shout out Tyler Vaughn, the artist of our team too. So, you know, you kind of transitioning from web two music into web three music, you've, you've definitely seen, uh, and I apologize if you hear any train ambiance in the background, it happens on every Twitter space of mine, but you know, we've seen what can happen when you believe in somebody early, especially in the music NFT space. So tell us a little about, a little bit about kind of your own journey live in, in Asia. I mean, you know, what brought you here? Tell us a little bit about your background. 
Uh, I know that Rolling Stone even called, you know, Liv uh, the powerhouse vocalist. I know that you had some stuff trending on TikTok. There's a whole lot of fun stuff and got to perform at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to introduce uh, Tina Turner for Pete's sake. So, I mean, we've got some real ones here tonight. So tell us a little bit about what led to this and and kind of where we are now. <laughs> oh, well, I appreciate that so much. And thank you. Um, I, you know, honestly, I think for me, I'm super fortunate to have found, you know, my circle and my core people pretty early on, on in my music journey. Um, Adria being one of them, you know, we have worked together now for, I would say, almost years. Um, and so we've really, you know, taken the time to kind of build things right. And from the beginning, we've always believed that it's one fan or one supporter at a time. And that's always how we've, you know, looked at things when it comes to, you know, my music and my career. And so for me, always having kind of that mindset, um, Web3, when it was first introduced to me, just it made sense. Um, I'm also a bit of a technology nerd. <laughs> I've always been super into, you know, what is the new thing that's happening? Um, I was probably one of the first artists in Nashville that I knew, you know, on TikTok whenever that kind of started. Um, and so, you know, anytime there's been sort of a new technology thing or whatever it is, like we've always looked at it as how can this help, you know, elevate, you know, my music career or how can we, you know, super, super serve fans in a different way. Um, and I really think that a lot of the time being early to those trends, um, is, you know, where you can find that success early. So, um, actually web three was introduced to me by a friend, um, that works at Sony and she told me about it, um, you know, probably about a year ago. And so we were out, you know, having drinks and she was kind of explaining to me how, you know, NFTs work and everything. And I'm just like, wait a second, <laughs> like NF what? And, you know, it kind of took me a bit to actually digest everything that she was saying. And I've really started to look into it and started to do my own research. Um, to me, it was just a no brainer. It was kind of that thing for me where, you know, um, having gone through a pandemic, having put out music through a pandemic, um, it was kind of one of those things where I'm like, you know what, there's got to be something more like there's got to be something more for musicians, because I know that I'm showing up every single day. I work my butt off. I'm writing songs. I'm doing interviews. I'm, you know, putting out stuff that I really, really believe in. I'm fortunate enough to have a management company. You know, there's got to be something more than just throwing these songs into an abyss and hoping that, you know, we get onto a playlist <laughs> and not to say I'm not knocking any of the Spotify's because I think there's a place. Um, and we always say, you know, my belief is the artist that can do it all, um, is the artist that wins. So I definitely think for me, web three is just a vertical in my career. It's something that allows me to super serve that super loyal fan base and to also introduce new people, um, to me. And so, you know, hoping to, you know, obviously bring on, you know, people from the web two space, um, as time goes on. And, you know, we've seen some of that success with the launch of beyond reality, which has been really cool. Um, but really to just be introduced to a whole new audience in web three and people that just really value music and art and believe that it, you know, is worth money and that musicians should be compensated for 
the actual music part because funny enough music isn't actually the music itself isn't actually you know what is the bread and butter for musicians the 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 music is just kind of the byproduct it's kind of the thing that allows you to do all of the other things that help you make money so for me it's like how nice is it to be able to put out music and to think of new creative ways to be able to really serve um you know the people that really believe in what I do. Um, and kind of like you said, Travi, the early believers, um, in what you're doing and to, you know, kind of grow and to not think of it as just a drop, think of it as a business, as, you know, a stepping stone to something bigger. Um, and that's kind of how, you know, we're viewing, um, my NFT project beyond reality. It's, um, you know, it's a one fan at a time thing. It's not a, you know, like mint overnight thing, which, Hey, if it happened, cool. But that's not really why we're here. We're here for the slow build and to build that community of people that really, really believe in, in me and what I do and are, you know, along for, for the journey. (laughs) So that's kind of what got us into web three. And I'm just one of those really fortunate artists that has a manager that really sees, you know, the, the potential in, in, you know, things that I, you know, I bring to her, I'm like, here's a bit of a crazy idea, but what if, and, you know, props to Adria for always being that, that manager to listen, because I definitely know a lot of, you know, teams or management in town, um, are very much old school and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but I do think that sometimes you can get left behind, unfortunately, if you're not staying up to date with what is happening. And if you're a manager that isn't, you know, looking and learning everything that they can about what their artist is doing, then ultimately the artist is going to lose in that case. So you have to have a team that surrounds you that's very much, um, you know, future forward and future thinking. And and I'm very, very grateful for that. And that's why we've kind of, you know, t- taken on this journey to together as, you know, both a, an artist and a manager, a manager and being able to, you know, um, offer kind of that perspective. Because there's definitely a lot of indie artists in the space, which I think is cool. Um, and maybe they just haven't been able to find that team that sees all of the sides or, or sees their vision. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit about my story. But I'll let you come in, Adria, on what got you into Web3. I mean, I agree with literally everything you just said. Um, and and I've said this time and time again, is if you are an artist manager or you are are some part of a team that is helping somebody build their creative career and largely just focusing for me on the recording industry. But this goes for anybody who's helping somebody build a career doing something. If you are not willing to step into new spaces with your artist, you're doing them a disservice. And I have so many friends that do what I do that their artist will bring them some idea and they shut it down because they're afraid or because they don't want to do the work to look into it. And when Lev came to us, and I vividly remember sitting at this table, I think it was October of last year, and she said, there has to be something else. We have to be missing something. There has to be another creative way to do music because the way that the ecosystem is now, it's just not working. And, you know, fast forward another six months, and she came back to us and she said, I know what it is. It's NFTs. It's Web3. It's figuring out how to do things on the blockchain and build it that way. And then we started working backwards from that. It's like, okay, so we're going to release a song and you want it to have a PFP with it. Great. So it's art and music, but let's take that a step further and let's make it 
essentially an old school fan club experience. You know, I'm, I come from, you know, the world where you buy a fan club membership to the artists that you love the most and you go to meet and greets and you support their career along the way. And, you know, this was pre large scale internet. I'm that old, but you know, you get the magazine and it's very exciting. And we've lost a lot of that through streaming and streaming's done some good things for people. It's brought a lot of underrepresented artists and a lot of independent artists that wouldn't have gotten eyes otherwise to the forefront, but it's also depleted the artist fan relationship. So when we figured out that we could do something that would start to revive that and allow artists to connect directly with their fans and understand who the fans are, that was a game changer. And I was all in. And I think I became a DJ before I became um, any part of helping live. <laughs> I mean, I bought a whole bunch of NFTs just to figure out how it worked. Um, you know, there, there may be somebody who also has a podcast that is responsible for, you know, encouraging me to go learn about all these things. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> well, if it's the same person that inspired me, then I think we're on the right track. And, you know, I think that there's a lot to be said about, and, and I know Fanzo's in the room with us right now. There's a lot to be said, and I know he's mentioned it, being a collector first, because to me, you know, I wanted to to make sure I understood every single component of what the blockchain has to offer and how I can use it for good. And I think that what you're doing is really interesting too, because you are taking, and we talk about this a lot with different people, different founders, you're taking your web two strength or what you were already doing and you're finding a way to activate the blockchain, you know, to leverage that. And that's of course, you know, my, my past with working with kids, I'm trying to do the same thing with the journey. And, I think that a lot of the, the people who have come and gone, especially the founders who we don't really hear from anymore, um, thought about, hey, I need to make an NFT first. And then they were like, oh, like, let me work back. Like, let me work backwards and figure out what I'm going to then do with it. Whereas you, you're already a recording artist, you know, you're already a manager and you're kind of combining forces here to just take that next step. And if anybody knows me, like they know I'm bullish on music NFTs. I geek out over music probably more than sports or anything else. And, you know, my, my podcast alone, I've had at least, I think like maybe four, four musicians out of the, you know, and it's just, it's really inspiring to me because not only are you doing the music NFT thing, which to a lot of people, you know, they haven't even cracked that whole thing open yet. But listen, you're doing it as two very smart, very powerful women in this space. And in the space, especially a tech space that's predominantly male. And I mean, you look around this room right now. You know, I mean, I know a couple of people popped in out, but like half of this room is female. And I, that's I think they know that about me being a girl dad and somebody who's a big supporter of women in general. And especially in Web3, uh, I applaud you both for you know taking these risks. There's been a lot of real life thing, I guess you, <laughs> you want to call it real life stuff that happened in the music industry, you know, even just for you personally before this. But let's talk about some of the things that led to your Web3 life that happened in Web2 that made you, uh, you know, successful on, on that end of things, too. Well, thank you. I mean, I think for me, I think it was kind of one of those things where like, Web3 ended up finding me. And I think it was one of those things where, you know, a lot of people almost went back to things that made them feel that comfort again. Like we saw, you know, a huge boom in like almost old music coming back. You know, people were not listening to, 
you know, a lot of new music. They were going back to some of the playlists that they grew up listening to because it provided them comfort. And I think through all of that, as difficult as it was, I think it kind of made people miss that artist to fan relationship again. And that's kind of where Web3 came in almost at that right time. Because I know for me, you know, going through this and my family actually living in Canada, um, and, you know, being in Nashville, I, you know, was thankful to have you know, a lot of good friends here, but I definitely know what kind of provided me comfort was going back to those like old shows that I'd watch, like rewatching, you know, Gilmore Girls or, you know, listening to, to Tina Turner songs, which is, you know, why I put out a Tina Turner cover. And, you know, that was kind of one of those things that just was like meant to be as well. Um, with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and everything. Um, but, you know, I just kind of went back to those things that made me feel um, comfort again. And I think that's kind of where people realize that, or a lot of people have come to realize that they miss that that artist-fan relationship. And that's where Web3 can really, you know, um, help fill that gap again. Um, you know, we miss live music. <laughs> I know for sure, for me, playing live shows, I really missed that, that interaction. Um, but what's so cool about all of this, um, that has kind of, you know, worked out in good timing is, you know, what the metaverse provides as, you know, a connection, um, and a way to connect with people too, like all across the world. Um, but also have a more immersive experience than just, you know, playing to your phone, which I think is great. You know, thank God for those live streams. Um, definitely played a lot of them, <laughs> but I definitely feel um, like Web3 was kind of one of those things that just sort of made sense. And, you know, um, you know, it's kind of one of those things, too, that we really started to to focus on, like, before we even really knew about Web3 at the time, like what are ways that we can, you know, reach uh, fans or reach people like in their houses and stuff. And that's kind of where my TikTok journey began. And, you know, we started, <laughs> I like, I made Adria come over and like film a bunch of these crazy TikToks with a tiny microphone um, that my mom had given me for Christmas. And um, I was like, what about, you know, creating some kind of fun content with this tiny little microphone and you just like put me on the spot and, you know, you request a word. Um, it can be any word and I have to sing a song with that word. And so it's kind of one of those things that it, it sort of took on a life of its own. Um you know, uh, like where a lot of fans kind of got engaged in, in like wanting to say the word. And so we'd kind of reply to comments and use their word. Um, but you know, I'm just super grateful for all of those things, um, that, that came out with, you know, that came out of the pandemic, I guess, or forced us to think of new and creative ways to be different. Um, I'm not quite sure where I'm going with this, but <laughs> I think it was just one of those things that it was, it made us think about the music industry in a different way because we had to, we just had to adapt because the norm wasn't going to work anymore because we definitely would have thought before all of this, you know, the music industry has always been recession proof, which is funny. You would not expect that, but people would spend whatever money they have to go and escape and to go to live shows and to feel that, that feeling, that connection. 
But what we didn't know was that the music industry was not pandemic proof. And so it really tested a lot of us to, you know, be resourceful to think outside the box. And I think that's where um, the introduction to me to Web3, it all just started to make sense because the traditional model of, you know, pour your heart and soul into music and record it and, you know, uh, put it out with, you know, a really great marketing plan. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, um, up to, you know, uh, Spotify or Apple music curators to put your song out. But, you know, we also weren't seeing the, the trend, the, like the not transition, but the, you know, converting fans into actual real fans instead of casual listeners. So, I think it was just, again, going back to it, that that perfect timing thing where everything happens for a reason. I really do believe that. And I'm glad that it pushed me to just really dive in and and learn everything that I could about this space, too. And I'm very much like like Adria as well. I started off as a collector and started out, you know, with my first NFT being a 90s babe and, you know, being introduced to just really cool communities that you know, I wanted to learn everything first before I really even thought about putting out my own project because I'm always a person that's been an observer and a learner. And to me, like it, it just made sense to kind of be part of communities and see like what worked for them or what I connected to and maybe what I didn't connect to and what I would do differently um, before even considering putting out my own project. So that was a really long winded answer, but <laughs> no, we, we love it. That, we're here to go down. We're here to go down rabbit holes. I mean, that, that's what we're here for. So, um, and, and everything you're saying is, is what, what kind of gets me fired up, you know, no pun intended, but you know, you you found a couple things that you thought would lend itself well, you know, to doing music NFTs. And uh, there's a couple things you touched on there. First of all, shout out nineties babes. Uh, so the journey, which is our, which is, which is our brand. We're teaming up with nineties babes and crypto tech women and Rodman law partners to put on an exclusive VIP event in Miami at a Miami beach mansion. If you're going to be there for art Basel and you're a journey holder and you haven't signed up for this, please, or uh, if you're a nineties babes holder or crypto tech women holder, just, just hit me up in the DMS. I'll, you know, give you the, the link to that. It is the exclusive VIP event of Basel. So anyway, so there's that. Secondly, I think that, you know, a lot of the things that you mentioned with regard to just, you know, contacting the fans and, and being a part of that is, is incredibly valuable now more than ever, because I went to my first concert post pandemic. And I have to tell you, the energy was electric. People are clamoring to, to have these like relationships with these artists that they loved and listened to, especially when they couldn't go out and see them. And now you're offering utility. You know, I know that's that word. Not a lot of people like to use the word utility anymore, but you're, you're offering, uh, things, uh, benefits to your holders that are going to allow them access to you. And that's something to me for music NFTs is incredibly valuable. So you know, having just come back from NFT London, I had an opportunity to meet a, a ton of the music NFT artists there. And they all have utility components. And, and some of them involve seeing them when they go on tour, you know, vinyl records, merch and stuff. But a lot of them has to have to do with like these meet and greets and just really wanting to know who their fans truly are. What can holders, you know, and I know there's a whole lot of like Web2 stuff and real life stuff that you've done, but and we'll come back to that. But, you know, I, I was reading through some of the utility that go along with you know, being a part of the beyond reality, uh, the NFT that, that you've put out. What are some of the things that holders can look forward to for if they if they pick one of those up? 
Yeah. So I think for me, what was really important was not only to, you know, write a song that was just kind of different for me and like futuristic, um, because honestly, what's really fun about, you know, putting out music as an NFT is that there are no rules. You know, you don't have to like adhere to the, you know, three minutes and 20 second rule of, you know, the standard that gets placed on you. You really can write about whatever you want. You can produce it how you want. And so for me, I really wanted it to sound like me, like something that I would put out traditionally, but have a bit of an edge to it. So it's kind of got that futuristic different sound. And I really wanted it to be a song that just kind of would relate to both my, you know, my web two and my web three audience. It really depends on, you know, who's listening and how they would interpret it. So, you know, for me, and when I think of Web3, I just think of like going on a journey or like I, you know, I'm, I'm taking a step into somewhere maybe unknown. And it's really about, you know, of course, the spacey vibes <laughs> in there. Um, but it's really about taking a trip, it could be like the metaverse, it could be whatever you kind of, like, put it together as I guess. Um, but I didn't want to be too on the nose with it. Um, I wanted my web, my web two audience to be able to hear it and, and understand, um, what the song, you know, means or what it is to them. So the music was really important and that's what it started with. And for me, what really, you know, attracted me about the space was just the, the artwork in general. And so I knew I wanted it to also have a really cool, you know, art component to it. So, you know, um, the artwork itself is actually based off of a photo of me from a photo shoot. Um, the artist worked, um, with a photo that I gave him. And so that was the basic body. And then, um, we wanted kind of just some, some fun, cool, different skin tones in there. We've got gold girls, we've got uh, silver rainbow and all of that good stuff. And, you know, all different traits that kind of relate to me and my story. Um, like my hot air balloon tattoo, which I actually have in real life. So not only do you get the music, you get kind of a unique piece of art as well, but you know, we wanted to kind of do something different as well. So meet and greets were available, um, invites to IRL beyond reality holder shows were available um there's going to also be limited edition merch um and special ones also for you know certain ones that get minted like the all the all gold girls which are called the golden girls and there's only 10 of them and then there's also only 10 all silver girls which are called the silver statues and those come kind of with some additional perks as well um, some surprise airdrops, monthly holder concerts, which, hey, the first one is tonight. <laughs> it's not too late to get yours um, if you haven't yet. Um, and then, you know, weekly Twitter spaces to kind of keep people updated on what's going on. And, um, you know, we're always working on the stuff in the background, too, and just excited to be able to, you know, um, also do the limited edition merch. So, you know, we're just uh, <laughs> we're working hard on just kind of thinking of, of different ways to provide value and to continue to do it because that's just really the start of it yeah and you mentioned that there are no rules which means you can add things at any time you could add new concerts at any time you can add new merch at any time there's a whole lot of fun stuff that you can do especially for the holders who come in early you know and live in in adria i know you're planning a lot of stuff for your holders as well you've got your you know your holders concert tonight which is is really cool um you can't get more kind of exclusive and intimate than that but you know adria as a manager what's it been like to you know, not just manage live, but, you know, transition that from the web two to the web three space. I know you talked a little bit about it earlier, 
but there's not a lot of like duos uh, who are, you know, taking the NFT music uh, world by storm like you are. And as I mentioned, you know, power, power to the women in this space. You know, I'm, I'm always happy to celebrate the women as not just a girl dad, but just as kind of a good person. We all should be standing alongside, you know, the women and, and not not let this be like the bro space, like the crypto thing kind of started out to be because Web3 is for everybody. So, Adria, kind of what's what's a little bit of, of your insight and in, in kind of how it's been going so far? As uh, as a manager of Live and kind of seeing what uh, the the Web three and the blockchain could really do for a recording artist. Well, first and foremost, thank you for those incredibly kind words. Um, you know, uh, we're just normal people. I mean, Liv is far more exceptional than I am. She's incredibly talented, but um, just figuring out, you know, that we can do something cool that really matters. And when we started making headway on Liv's project, we sat down and talked about all of the other people in our world who could benefit from this. And I mean, our, our music ecosystem, I mean, the entire world can benefit from it, but how do we specifically help those people? And I've always, my entire life been of the school of thought, one, you have to reach one hand forward and one hand back. And two, you have to find a need and fill it. And so we decided, along with Building Live's project, we were going to essentially create a blueprint for artists and managers that want to do this together. Because that's a big part of the problem is there's such a fear and a hesitance in doing new things, especially when nobody has shown you how to do it. And when I stepped into this, I could not find a single manager who had done exactly what we're doing. And so we started doing regular Twitter spaces where, you know, we talked about the good, the bad and the ugly. You know, we talked about having to fire somebody because they didn't have the same vision as the rest of the team. And we talked about how some people missed some deadlines and that put the project back a little bit, you know, and we were very open and honest. And all of those spaces are recorded you know, because this is an imperfect this thing that we're doing, being, you know, managing an artist, being putting something out in Web3. None of this is perfect. And so to have other people see, okay, if they can do it, and I know what the potential pitfalls might be, I am more prepared to step into that. And it's been really, really refreshing for me to see First of all, I mean, major props to Liv because she jumps headfirst into anything that she's doing. Um, Liv doesn't do anything subpar. Everything is, she's given it her all. And as a manager, I appreciate that because there are some artists in the world who just think the management team should do everything. So to see her thrive in this space and to hear her, you know, go into other spaces and talk confidently about what she's doing and about, you know, what she's building, that is so refreshing. And that's such an opportunity that I'm incredibly grateful that we have and that we have together, that we're able to do this as a team and that it's not just me building it for her or, you know, our company building it for her or her building it and me going, yeah, if it works, let me know. We're building it together and we're, you know, along with that building this blueprint that at some point we'll be housed somewhere. We haven't made that decision yet, but where other artists and managers can go and look and go, okay, here's what they learned. Here's what they did wrong. Here's what they did right. And now we're going to go replicate this and do it again. Um, and while I have the floor for a second, I just also want to give you major props on the journey. Um, I actually ran a little race a week and a half ago now 
Um, and I was out there for a while and it was really cold. And the podcast that you did with Fanzo from uh, NFT London, I believe, is one of the last ones that I listened to before I put my headphones away because it was getting too dark to see. Um, and it just it lit my soul on fire in a way that hasn't happened for a project in a long time. I mean, I'm, I'm into a lot of projects and I love what communities are building, but hearing you talk about kids who need an art outlet, who need a creative outlet and how you want to use your project to give back. That's something that just, I mean, it like that thing lit. And for the next six hours, that is all I thought about. And so, you know, how do we make the world a better place through this? So that's kind of a, a little bit of a, a sidetrack from what you actually asked, but I want to, and you for what you're doing and and also thank you guys for being so engaging for that you know last hour right before the sun went down that was you know 23 degrees in illinois running on a trail in the almost dark so thank you for what you're doing that is um incredibly humbling uh, i i would be speechless if i wasn't hosting this right now because that's that's amazing i, I do got to give i have to give props to fanzo because um, you know, he didn't have to do that. Like he's an advisor and partner on the journey with me. So I learned so much from him specifically, but that night, you know, I remember I was supposed to be a part of the team who was uh, recording the previous night and NFT London, there were so many things going on. So Fanzo, you know, took it upon himself to make sure that he, you know, he sat there in, in the lobby with me and, and Jordash. And, you know, they, they asked, they did, they asked some real, some hard hitting questions with regard to what I really want to do. And, um, you know, Fanzo gets asked to advise projects all the time. And if you think about our advising team, like I talk a little bit about them, but I want to say like every single person on the advising team is super legit. So listen, you know, I, I taught kids with behavioral and, and special needs for, for so many years. And I saw like, not only did I see what could happen if they don't have the funds, like I was one of the people spending my my money that I didn't have to make sure that these kids had food, um, snacks, that make sure that they had art supplies, to make sure that after school programs were being taken care of for them. A lot of times I even you know took them on, uh, paid for their field trips and stuff because keeping them engaged in schools, whether it's through the music, through the arts, through the STEM programs and the theater, which is what our grant funds are, are going to be geared towards. Those are the things that keep the kids in school. And I have to say this, you know, I, I started off my career um, you know, working in a very difficult school, you know, for, for, you know, what they call the quote unquote bad kids school. Then I went into the burbs and then I went back into the inner city again. And I loved working with those kids in the inner city because I knew that I was making a difference. And like as much as maybe their parents loved them, they couldn't, they, they weren't always home. They weren't always around. So if the kids didn't have the things to engage them, to keep them physically in the building doing something that's fun they not only like didn't want to come to school but they you know those communities in the area of like around newark new jersey it's pretty rough there's some gang stuff um and some really bad stuff happened you know to some of the kids and and you know among some of the kids so you know i saw what can happen and i do want to say this not to kind of ramble a little bit but i got to shout out tyler our artist um you know and he's in the room right now so make sure you give him a follow too our unrevealed art is actually a metaphor for um, for what really could happen with the kids. So the unrevealed art, it looks like a robot that's not turned on yet. And actually, like, we didn't reveal because I really want to make sure I drive this point home that, you know, the kids, a lot of these kids in school are, 
um, the programs when they're defunded, like there's not a light in their eyes. Like I've seen it. Like, they're like, why do I have to be here? Like, I just want to go home or, or I just want to go out on the street or I just want to like hustle or whatever. And these kids are like in middle school and, and even younger. So the art is a robot that's not turned on yet. And that's really a metaphor that the, the kids don't have the light in their eyes because as a teacher, like I'm expected to teach to the test now. And look, it's really important that we teach math and we teach science and we teach social studies and we teach language arts, like totally down with that. But they need something that's going to, to really, that's really going to spark them. And that's what the journey is really striving to do. So when he's, when the, the robot art does come alive, you're going to see, they're going to be full of color. They're going to be dynamic. The electricity is going to be flowing. And then once we get to roadmap 2.0 or like, you know, in real life, we call it the next version of the uh, next level of the business plan. Now we're going to see really like what the, ro- what's inside. Like there's always, you know, for all of us, there's a ghost inside that machine that really drives us. So we're going to see a lot of that. And there's a lot of, you know, gamification and fun storytelling and stuff that's going to come from these characters. But, you know, I really appreciate you saying that. And the fact that it inspired you to run, I, what, I think you said like 50, did you say 50 miles? I know you DM'd me. It was like some crazy number that I don't even think I, yeah. I can't drive that far <laughs> in my car most days, for God's sake. But listen, I mean, again, clearly I'm not speechless, but I'm speechless at the same time. So thank you for saying that. And thank you for understanding what the mission is about. And that's why we love to celebrate people like you, like the people who are really doing doing the damn thing in this space. Um, I could I could go on all night about my passion for really wanting to help these kids and also the artists. But listen, um, Liv played at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, did we just gloss over that? <laughs> Can we dissect that just a little bit? I know, Liv, you have to go and do a show soon. But you played at the Rock and Roll Hall. What was that like to introduce Tina Turner, for Pete's sake? I mean, let's talk a little bit about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, honestly, that is kind of one of those career moments where you just pinch yourself and you're like, is this real life? I mean, kind of going off of, you know, what what you were saying about, you know, the journey and its mission. I mean, for me, music was so important for me growing up. And so I love everything that you're doing because that just makes my heart so happy. I couldn't imagine, you know, having grown up without having music, you know, in my life or having sports, you know, having been a figure skater for 11 years, you know, all of those things are so important for, for kids growing up. And for me as a kid, I used to, you know, watch, um, you know, live concert DVDs with my parents and we'd watch, you know, from Bruce Springsteen to Elton John and Billy Joel and, you know, course tina turner and so that was kind of like a thing that we'd do like my mom would buy these uh these dvds of live concerts and we'd always watch them like downstairs on the big screen tv (laughs) and so you know tina was always one of those like artists for me that i always looked up to because she was you know i mean she's been through so much um and she also like her her biggest you know, moments of her careers were actually, of her career was actually, you know, later on in her life, you know, she had some really great moments, but she really did hit her peak later on in life. Um, and she's just such an inspiring woman. Um, and you know, her music is just, I mean, you, you can't touch it. It's, it's amazing. And so I always looked up to her as an entertainer and just an all around amazing person. So, you know, we, when I was, you know, first putting out music, I was actually putting out country music and I decided like, you know, um, through the pandemic that I actually was falling more in love with pop music. And, um, I started, you know, writing more pop music. Um, I went to LA on a songwriting trip and came back with some really killer songs. And I was like, 
what's kind of a cool way to sort of introduce people to, you know, go back to my roots, go back to what I grew up listening to and the things that, you know, that made, you know, my heart, um, you know, light on fire, you know, from the start. And that to me was kind of going to back to Tina Turner. And so we talked about doing just a really cool, different cover of one of her songs, not one of her most popular songs, but a song that just really connected with me and something that we could just do like different, like flip it on his head kind of thing. And so I, um, ended up recording the cover and not even knowing that she was going to be inducted into the hall of fame that year. It was just one of those like serendipitous sort of moments that I guess was like one of those meant to be moments. And so we recorded the song and, um, Adria knew some of the people that worked at the hall of fame and she was like, Hey, um, take a listen to, to this song, you know, Liv wants to come up and just do a tour of the museum, like just to see it, you know, because you're going to have all the Tina stuff <laughs> out and, you know, she's a music geek, of course. So we'd love to just come up to Cleveland and check out the museum. And, um, also by the way, here's, here's a cover that she just did, um, to honor Tina, um, and just really excited that she's getting inducted. And um, they responded and were like, you know, I don't know if Liv wants to work on this trip, but we would really love to have her part of our new um, digital series um, with Lita Ford and Maggie Rose uh, to launch our garage sessions at the museum. Um, and she would perform in the museum itself um, in this really cool venue um, that they just built. And I was like, um, that is not work. That is a dream. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? Um, reply right now. Yes. Um, so we made a trip up there, um, a couple weeks later. Um, it was about, I think a week after her induction and got to see all of, you know, the amazing museum got to do like a private tour and go into the vault and just, you know, just completely nerd out about all of the amazing, you know, history in the building. And it was just, it was just such, such an amazing experience to just be, you know, in those walls and to be, um, to be able to honor her like that was just, like I said, a dream come true. And one of those full 360 moments of, you know, being a kid and having been exposed to Tina at such a young age to, get to actually perform one of her songs at the hall of fame, um, and work with them in honoring her. Um, it was just, you know, an amazing, amazing experience. And so, um, yeah, I put out the song, I don't want to fight. And that's a song that I performed and, um, yeah, just magical. <laughs> it's one of those career moments that you'll never forget for sure. Liv is very humble didn't say was the rock hall actually sent the song to tina and her team and they really loved it so <laughs> she would say that but i will i mean yes that that did happen <laughs> hey live fact or fact you know and you can't nobody could take that away from you i think it's incredible that you know somebody that you kind of grew up with you know, listening to is somebody that you're able to, you know, in one way or another, just be like physically a part of that, you know, and, and that's why, you know, these journeys are legit. Like you start off young, you take those first steps and you can become a, a live Charlotte. Like you can become somebody who's really doing the thing and then selling their music on the blockchain. So if you haven't had a chance yet, check out live, you know, give her a click, give her a follow. She's a journey holder. 
um, AJS Journey Holder, and Tyler Vaughn. You know, Tyler Vaughn is an artist who I, I, I met when we were both just starting out our journeys on the collector's side like a year ago, maybe a little bit over a year ago. And we were both like, <laughs> like research and development basically for like a year. And I told Tyler, listen, man, you know, you're doing your thing with the crypto dads. You're doing your thing with your goblins. Um, let's, let's get your art out there. And there was, there was a lot of artists in the space who I could have reached out to, but I knew that giving Tyler a platform to share his art um, was incredibly important, not just for him to share it, but also for, for me, like on a personal level, because it's a really cool comic book sort of cartoon style where like you can use, I think the IP is going to be very marketable. That's why we're already doing the things with the apparel and the shoe line, but we're also going to be doing some other things that I can't announce yet. And, you know, and you understand that too, as music artists, like you understand what it's like to be able to, to put your artwork out there. Heck yeah. And I appreciate you. I mean, I'll let Liv close it out if you want, because I know she's got to get to the holders concert, but I appreciate you, you know, welcoming us into your community. Um, and we certainly did not expect this. I appreciate you giving us the platform to be able to talk about, you know, what we do, not only Liv's project, but what we do for her career as an artist, because I think that's something um, that, that scares a lot of artist manager teams is the newness of all of this. So being able to have something that we can go back and share with people and go, look, we talked about here and then we talked about it here and we talked about it here. And these are some ways that you can do things to make it better for your artist or easier on yourself or whatever. So huge props to you for amplifying the platform of artists and what they do, uh, because what they do is not easy to be able to put your art out into the world and have people be able to say whatever they want about it, you know, that's a hard place to be in. And I, I am so glad that I am not talented enough to do that because I would not be able to handle that. But artists step up every single day and I cannot imagine a world without music. And I told somebody this the other day, I said, this is how important music is. Imagine going through your day and you don't hear a single song, not on TV, not in a movie, not in your car, not at your workout. You don't hear a song at all. And the guy went, oh, crap. Yeah, music is important. And so to find people like you who genuinely value music and the artists behind it, it's, you know, that's really rare, man. So thank you, thank you, thank you for what you're doing. A big, big, big thanks to Liv Charette and Adria DeLon. If you haven't checked out Liv yet, you can actually Google her, C-H-A-R-E-T-T-E. I'm proud to say we were able to pick up one of her Beyond Reality music NFTs thanks to our artist support fund at The Journey. And if I'm looking a little bit over her bio, it's really impressive. It says that she's hailed by Billboard as big voiced and lauded by Rolling Stone as a powerhouse vocalist. She's uh, Canadian-born, but she lives in Nashville. She grew up wanting to be in the Olympics, but then realized, wait a second, I've got a career in singing that's going to be relatively successful, and boy, has it ever. I mean, she uh, had a fun uh, series on TikTok with her tiny mic uh, series, uh, the One Word Song Challenge, and uh, it actually landed her in New York Magazine. Um, And uh, it's really cool because her weekly Live in the Moment podcast now Uh, is sort of different than a lot of other podcasts so go check that out too it's just really great to have these conversations because not only am i able to chat with people you know who are in the same nft space and holders of the journey as i mentioned and obviously we at the journey are a holder of live music nft 
but just good people. It's, and that's really what we're always trying to do here uh, at Fired Up on the Blockchain with Travi. So another big thank you to Liv and a huge thank you to Adria. I, I can't wait to see Liv perform actually in Miami uh, the night of the of the speaker dinner. Uh, there's uh, some exclusive events if you're a speaker or one of the VIP attendees. And uh, Liv, Liv is on that bill, so it's going to be really great. And there's a whole lot going on down there at Basel Week. And I think some of the fun things that I will be able to report back, um, there is, <laughs> these are some of the things on the agenda. Uh, a lot of people were comparing their agendas. And I, I think, like usual, everyone just wants to make sure that they uh, get to their session uh, to speak <laughs> because there's so much else going on. There's uh, there's the speaker dinner, like I mentioned, with performances. And then that same night, there's uh, an opportunity to get to hang with uh, the Dead Fellas and Adam Bomb Squad folks. And they're doing an exclusive party uh, event for their holders. And, of course, the for the two days is the, the conference, the Web3 Summit Conference. Uh, there is the uh, Unstoppable Domains Women in Web3, or Women of Web3, uh, happy hour, followed directly by... Our event, The Journey, teaming up with Rodman Law Group and uh, the 90s Babes and Crypto Tech Women to put on our VIP event. And uh, then, of course, then there's the WoW Gala. <laughs> so, I don't know. the WoW, I was told uh, Galactic Chic or Galactic Glam uh, was uh, the dress code. I looked in my closet. It did not register. I walked out of the closet and then realized I have to go to the mall and figure out what that means. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be fun. But, yeah, I'm bringing a whole lot of stuff to you in this crazy, mixed-up, kind of nerdy, kind of cool, brand-new world of NFTs and Web3. And I can't wait to tell you how everything down at Art Basel Week wound up going. And, you know, big thank you again to Liv Charette and Adria Delon. I can't wait to see them. And a whole lot more of you out there are going to have access to real-life events that we're throwing and opportunities to engage with the podcast, Twitter spaces, and all that stuff. So follow me at Mr. Travis, though, M-R-T-R-A-V-I-S-T-H-O on Twitter, and uh, you'll have an opportunity to uh, engage right there in the Twitter spaces. And a big thank you again to my friends at Zealous. If it wasn't for Zealous, it'd be a lot more difficult recording uh, <laughs> Twitter spaces and make turning them into podcasts. But that's what we're doing. Everybody uh, is trying to help one another out here in this in this crazy land so i'll see you on the other side of miami the other side of art basel we've got a lot of great guests going uh coming to you this week uh next week the week after the week after uh, and don't forget uh just a couple episodes ago we had ray isla and ray's songs are being released got pushed back uh, public mint is going to be the 30th so you've actually got a day or two to make sure that you've got eth in your wallet not financial advice but sonically or musically uh your ears will be very pleased so keep on supporting great artists and great people here and i will continue to do what i always try to do and that is of course bring one love to web3 i'll catch you next time Bye.